Hello and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator coaching process at jeffmeyer.org. You can click on the Move Forward Anyway tab and watch all of these episodes in video form, or you can download wherever you like to get your podcasts from. I'm your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach, Jeff Meyer. Well, greetings, fellow dreamers. It is so great to be with you for another episode of Move Forward Anyway. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I have a really special guest today that I'm really excited to talk about and talk with today. Uh, Craig Mellendorf uh, from SFC Estate Coaching. And Craig, thank you so much for being on my podcast. It's a and uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and SFC Estate Coaching. Uh, the short version is I was a teacher for 27 years, uh, got let go from teaching due to budget cuts, uh, life changed dramatically, came across this concept and started this business in 2015. And uh, we are growing in, I think we're in seven different states right now. That's amazing. So you've only been doing this for five years. Yeah. So this is the six. Yeah. 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 27 years of teaching both in the high school level, college level. Elementary too. I started elementary elementary school. Six six years elementary, four years college, and then the rest in high school. I taught and I taught 18 different subjects in 18 years at the high school. You, you're you're like the utility. I was, I was juggling with one hand. <laughs> you're like the big utility knife, right? The yeah, that's what it was like. Yeah, you can just yeah, do anything. Let's see if Mellendorf wants to do it. Yeah, he, he'll challenge. He'll, it's a challenge for him. He'll try it. <laughs> it's kind of like you know, life cereal. Mikey, you yeah, let get right. Mikey to try it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And a little bit of uh, backstory for those of you watching. Craig was my one of my basketball coaches at Concordia University back in the day, my last year of undergrad work, and uh, he made me run sprints. So, oh, well, I, I think I made you do a few other positive things besides just run sprints, but you know, if you, you did, you did, you taught me about <laughs> life, you taught me about determination. Uh, really, move forward anyway, that whole thing. I mean, there were times where it's all about persistence persistence. He didn't want to practice. He just came off a really bad loss. Yeah, I uh, I really appreciate our journey together. And it's been fun to watch what's happened the last five years for you. Um, talk to me a little bit about and share with us a little bit about the genesis of SFC Estate Coaching when you decided to pursue this as a full-time gig. What what prompted that? I know it came out of some painful moments, um, but what sparked you to want to get into this work? The uh, the two concepts. One was when I was a teacher, I was a teacher and a coach, both. So an educator and a coach. And uh, I apologize. I didn't know I had that still on. Um, and so my thought was uh, anything I do in life, I think is going to have those two components in it. And and so it, the interesting about being a coach is you, your job is encouraged, but it's also to make people feel uncomfortable mm. and, and push people in that 
push or pull, depending what who the person is. Some people you have to push, some people you have to pull, um, and and get them in the direction of of that improvement or seeing that improvement or desire to have that improvement. And um, and so the, after I got let go from teaching, I became a personal trainer for about eight years. And same thing, it, it didn't change. You know, your job is to make people really uncomfortable. <laughs> so, that's yeah. kind of so they can grow, and, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And so um, part of this came out of just the fact that, uh, you know, the, that job, which I, I appreciated at the time, but it's one of those, uh, my daughters were in middle school and high school. I was recently divorced. And um, as a result of that job, you have to work when other people don't. So I was always, you know, I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning, being at the gym by five, training people till like eight. I didn't see the girls for breakfast. And then on the back end, you know, I had to be back at the gym at four, 3.30, four o'clock, train people till eight and nine at night, come home. And, you know, they had already ate supper, whatever, frozen food. You know, I was, I, unfortunately, I wasn't as as handy in the kitchen as I had because of the pandemic, but, you know, it would have been handy at the, back then. Yeah. Um, so they would have had a little bit better by eating habits, but, um, anyway, the, the thing was that, uh, you, you're kind of into that realm. And so I came across this because I needed to make a change and, uh, studied with somebody that did this business for about two years. Our last year, we kind of had a difference of opinion of how to run a business. And so I kind of put some things out there of, of, of what I needed if we we're going to continue in this partnership and it didn't work out that way. So I moved forward in 2015 and yeah, it was kind of interesting to step out. You know, you, you're coming up with a logo, you're coming up with a design, you come up with a name, you come up with all those things. So mm -hmm. SFC Estate Coaching, SFC stands for Spouse Family Charity, or if you're single, single family charity. So it covers everybody. And uh, we help people create estate plans. Uh, we are, help people become attorney ready is our goal. So we take them through the whole process, educate them on all aspects of it. So I'm still educating. Now mm -hmm. to get it done, I'm still coaching. Okay guys, come on. <laughs> We've been on this now for three months. Let's go, let's get let's it finished go. up. But we like to get everything done in 60 to 90 days. That's the goal. Um, so the, um, I kind of feel like the, skills that I have learned throughout my whole education has just been something that I have forwarded into this business as well. So talk about what emotions you felt when you realized you were going to go out on your own and <laughs> SFC estate coaching was going to be your whole, your whole deal. You are no right. longer going to be dependent on other people uh, paying your paycheck, you're going to have to earn your your whole way by yourself. What kind of emotions as you begin to pursue this? I would call it a dream. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a dream that was born out of necessity mm -hmm. in some respects, right? But mm -hmm. it was faithful to who you are and what you have done and the skill sets that you bring to the table. What kind of emotions did you feel in 2015 when you said, oh boy, here we go? Yeah, the, there was a certain level of excitement and there was also that unknown. So it was both sides of it, which was, uh, I enjoy that part because it's no different than coaching. You go into a game, you can be prepared, but you really yep. don't know what's going to happen. And then you have to, you know, always kind of use that mentality of you sometimes have to throw the game plan out and try something else because this isn't working. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so it's the same thing with, with running a business, I feel, in some ways, is that um, you're really looking. So the emotions were, uh, there was a lot of excitement. Once I got the logo, got stuff started, kind of putting things together. to, And then uh, the very first person uh, or uh, organization I met with uh, signed the contract. I mean, it was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was like, whew, okay. So that helped out financially, you know, get things rolling, get some credibility. And then mm-hmm. another thing came along, same thing. Um, so I had like two or three very quick successes, which helped out. Um, and it was all in the Lutheran circles. So as people you kind of had contacts with knew, um, they trusted you, that type of thing. So that helped. Uh, tremendously. Um, it, actually, what it was, part of it was I still kept my, um, I still kept personal training, because I can do this at different times of the day. So I could do the training, you know, set up my time both ways. So for about two years, I was doing both. And then in on January 15th of 2018, I broke off from and just went full time doing this. I felt pretty comfortable at that point. I had some good contracts. People mm-hmm. were renewing several times. I felt like I had a pretty good product. I kept improving it. Um, so I, I felt pretty comfortable with making that change and crossover. And, and then it gave, allowed me more time to actually pursue more at the same time as a result. So you were, the first two years of your venture here, you were side hustling. I was double dipping. Um, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, yeah, yeah, that's I think a- you, I talked to a lot of people who started business, you know, and when I hear people saying, you know, I, I was talking to one of my former students yesterday who started a business and said, uh, it's three years old and she still hasn't taken an income from it. And I thought, wow, I, I, I have the service. It's a service business that I could take an income immediately, which was really handy, you know, so yeah, that it, was... It, it, it was beneficial from that way. Yeah. So you work, you work with, um, you work with organizations you work with individuals and you work with family, you know, where, where an individual has a family, obviously there's family dynamics that play into uh, planning an estate. Um, talk to me about uh, the difference between working with a, a group or a church or school or organization and working with a, a household. So how this kind of part of this whole uh if you want to say the mission is to create finance, lasting financial resources for nonprofit organizations by educating their donors on um, charitable options within their estate plan, basically. Okay, so that's what mm-hmm. we do. Um, but what was, I think what was also kind of interesting was, um, so when I got let go from teaching, I apologize. Um, I, I Let me just, I can't talk right now. Um, I don't know why this is going, oh, I know why. It's <laughs> I have somebody on my, uh, don't worry about it. It's one of those things where, you know, you have people on favorites and, but you yep. pause and then, okay. I'm yeah. still learning this technology thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> see, there's a challenge, right? <laughs> well, especially when you do it. So I had my, yesterday I was, and also my iPad went off. I went, I thought that was turned off. off. <laughs> what the heck? So um, one of the things that was a passion of mine became immediately a passion of mine was the, the pain that I went through when I got let go from teaching was immense. There were many dark days of laying in bed and talking to God in not all friendly ways. And it was very difficult to kind of deal with. And um, and so 
what was fascinating about it is, so I taught 18 different subjects. I have to back it up because I think this is all kind of the program. So just, uh, just to help me out, um, help you out. So I taught 18 different subjects. Uh, three years before I got let go, my principal came to me and asked me if I'd take over the business tech ed and let go of the theology because theology was a core subject that I was teaching. And I said, I would do it as long as I'm not the person who gets let go if something happens, budget cut, whatever. And he said, don't worry about it. Won't do that to you, blah, blah, blah. Well, in 2009, when the housing market crashed, uh, we had also just bought a or built a new school and we were $26.5 million in debt. And a new CEO came in. And so the CEO, new CEO didn't know any of this stuff. And I knew I was in. Uh, and so we, the first thing he did was let our principal go uh, and, and or for early retirement, whatever you want to call it. And mm -hmm. then I knew I was in trouble because I was now teaching electives. I was teaching yep. the business tech ed, but I want to bring that up. I learned about business by teaching it. Wow. So I had Isn't three years how, of, yeah, you know, how, kind of some uh, concepts to what this whole thing was that, you know, so you kind of think about how God can help prepare you for the next step. Mm. But I didn't know that this was coming yet. So I had no clue. Of course, yeah. you know, it's kind of like if you want to use a Bible passage, a lamp, you know, the word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. You know, it's just a head. It's not like you get to yeah. see you know, yeah. way up there, you get to see like right here. And, and so I didn't know what this all meant. And, and so, um, but I did do that. And so then I got let go 10 days before school started. And wow. that was the pain. Okay. So what I bring that up for is this, one of the things of starting this business is I have right now, uh, nine contracts with different high schools and all of them have renewed so far, at least once. So that's what I, and, and this is my thing though. And what I tell people, and this is, this is from the gut, is that my motivation is to help organizations create an endowment or foundation so large that they never have to let a called teacher go due to budget cuts. Mm. Because I know what that feels like. Yeah. So when you talk about this genesis of this thing, part of it was coming out of all those things. It was interesting. I, I, uh, one yeah. of my contracts was with Wisconsin Lutheran High School. And the president of the high school, um, Dr. Ken Fisher, when I presented all my material to him, he looked at me and said, well, thank God you got let go from teaching. And I went, "Wow." nobody had ever said that to me. Wow. And, or and you right wouldn't now, have been able to bless him or the institution, the school, so right now, From after five years, a little bit more than five years, we've been very uh, blessed by, and I say the word blessed because it's, 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 there's other levels to this thing that I'm, mm. I'm just kind of a, I don't want to say a pawn in it, but you know, you're just yeah. kind of like, you get to be a part of it and, mm -hmm. and watch it. So we've worked with over 750 families. Now, this is what I think is really cool. And these are the tentacles of an estate plan is that working with these families, and I don't even have all of them done. I mean, we're talking about half to three quarters are done. So there's still people out there. But at this point in time, there's over 167 different organizations that are going to receive gifts through estate plans to the tune of over $75 million. So the 700 families, it's less than that because they're not all finished. Right. So I don't have um, documentation of what they all have done yet. There's... $75 million going to be distributed to 167 different organizations. 167 at this point. different organizations 
all kinds of different organizations that do all kinds of different things to make our world a better place. Correct. So you, right. you, have the, you have the main core six, what I call the six, which is animal charities, mm -hmm. arts and culture, um, health, environmental, education, and then religious. And then I have another topic called other. Mm -hmm. So you, you help people distribute their wealth. I don't, well, I educate people on what are the possibilities to what uh, they can do. So I don't, I just want to give them the, here's what you can do. Yeah. So it's between when, so, you and God. If you believe in God, it's between you and God or you and your family or whatever you want to do. It's your plan. It's not my plan. It's not the attorney's plan. I don't want you going to an attorney and going, I don't see this is what's great about it. Here's a great line. Complexity is the enemy of execution. Hmm. Complexity is the enemy of executions. And that's what happens with people with estate plans. That's why 65% of people do not have an estate plan is because they <laughs> sit there and they go, oh, I don't even know an attorney. That's the first thing. I don't even know an attorney. So where do I even go? And then they go, hey, I should, I should, I should. So my record for the most uh, years of I should was 29 years. I had a family that confessed that it's, we've been, this has been on our should list for 29 years. And you, you made it simple enough for we, them to be able to get it done. Yeah, we, we take Finally. them all through the process and we educate around the process too. Yeah. So we're not just we're not just saying, you know, we're just trying to collect your data and determine who you want for a executor or a trustee of a will or your power of attorneys or your guardian trustee or your kid. All those are critical and important, but we also want to teach around other things. Um, one of the key things I really try to pass on, something my parents did, and that's where I got the idea from, is that what I have found in most couples that I work with is that there's a primary paper person and there's a secondary paper person. Mm -hmm. Meaning the primary paper person pays the bills, files everything, knows everything is. And the secondary paper person goes, I love you, just keep doing that, please. Unfortunately, if something happens to the primary paper person, the secondary paper person doesn't know anything is. Yeah. And that actually came to light uh, two years ago. I had a, a call from an individual who said, you gotta contact this woman today. Her husband, 61 years old, dropped dead of a heart attack playing golf yesterday. And she doesn't even know if she can keep the house. And my thought is, wow, that's, that's so wrong on so many levels. I mean, right. you, you know, for somebody to go, oh, yeah, I want someone to take care of me. I get that part. But at the same time, your partnership in this, you need to know what all this is, too, because if something happens. So I encourage people to create a playbook, you know, literally a binder of some kind that, you know, you have all the, the rule of thumb, I say, is if you can't find it in 15 minutes, you got to come up with a better system. Mm. So it's not in this filing court that, that, that. I had a family, so, you know, it's, it's, you hear all kinds of stories, but I had a family, here's a safety deposit key. Okay, great. So what is that? That's my dad's safety deposit key. What bank is it? We don't know. We can't close out the, the probate until mm -hmm. we know what's in that account, what's in that we bank. We don't know where the bank is. Don't even, and Milwaukee's kind of on the large side. So it's not like we're talking about, you know, um, even, you know, Sheboygan, you know, yeah. or, you know, or, 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 you know, any small city. We're talking yeah. about a major metropolitan area where there could be a, you know, you can maybe cut it down a little bit, but who knows where you want to. So that's, uh, you know, that, that legwork is time consuming. I love how you've already touched on this. A dream can be launched uh, through pain. You, this is your case, right? With being let go, you would have never considered doing this if you hadn't have been let go? I don't know, I don't think no, so. Probably not.
Um, and the other thing is how important it is to take the complex and make it simple. And I, I'm sure that that is also true with how you have uh, built the business. So what were some complexities in building your business over the last five years that you had to simplify? What are some of the processes that were complex that you had to simplify so that it could be more streamlined and so that you can get things done in 60 to 90 days in a state? Sure. And so, yeah, family? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it, it's, it's evolved so much from where it was in 2015 yeah. to what it is today. I mean, it's not even close what the differences are. Um, yeah. And uh, so back then, well, one of the things was I thought I needed to have an app, you know, something where I can gather all the information in a, a confined place so that I could use that information to create whatever data sheets you want to create. And so uh, I started investigating how much it costs to have someone create an app for you. Yeah. And, and then you go, really? <laughs> it's like, so I... I started out at $75,000 for an app. Now, I'm, I don't have anything. I, I have no reserve, nothing to start this business. I mean, I'm, I have a little bit, but I mean, I'm just starting a business. And yeah. so it's not like I have a, a sugar daddy someplace where I can, you know, mm -hmm. grab some funds and who's invested in me and something like that. I don't have anything. So that was, that was uh, shocking. And then it just, you go into investigative mode is what I call it. You got to go find something that can work for you. Mm -hmm. So one of my one one of the things I keep coming back to is: Did you see the movie um, Martian with? Um, yeah. Okay, the very end of the movie when he's sitting in the classroom and he says, "What life really is is you solve this problem and then you go and then you know what? Then you can have another problem. Now you go solve that problem because that's what life is. It's really more about problems. It's about how many you can solve." It's not about that you get rid of problems because there's always going to be problems. Don't worry about that. There's not going to be problems. There's always going to be a problem. You just have to figure out how you can create something around it or minimize it or reduce it or eliminate it. And then there's going to be another one that comes and maybe as a result of you doing that. So, yeah. so anyway, it forced me to really look and I came across a business that was just starting and they were doing apps. And so you create your own app. And so you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's always a, a little bit of uh, lag time to learn how to do all this stuff because you have to learn it yourself. It's your own business. So you're, you're, you know, <laughs> you're learning everything, right? Oh yeah. So my app is on its 72nd edition, 72 times I've made improvements to that thing over the course of six years. And, and there's some of them were small and some of them are major, but some of them, it's the point now, I really like the app. I think it's a very easy tool to use. We're using, we're now we're, you know, we have other estate coaches that are using it. And it uh, seems to be something that's very positive. People like the sheets. The attorneys really like the sheets too at the same time. So that's what's really pretty cool about it. So, um, so that was the first thing was creating, getting the app. And then it was, I noticed when I was sitting down at meetings, in my initial meeting with people, uh, now this is when I'm actually, so I get the contract with the organization and then we set up times to meet um, at the organization with their families, you know, and there's yeah. a sign up sheet. So that's evolved um, in the sense of first, it was just uh, being there at certain days and they would set up people for me to the point that I then found a busy book calendar that I could do this online and I would give every organization their own. So it was free. 
and then give them certain days and dates on it. Then I'm now balancing six, seven, eight calendars and trying to figure out who's okay. I gave them these two days and all that. Uh, then I went to a CRM, which now does all of that, which makes a life tremendously easier all of a sudden. That's really positive. Um, so it's it's always been something where you you kind of find. So anyway, so when I first met with people, I noticed that they were like writing stuff down on regular you know paper and. And I would give them some things that they'd have to do or whatever. I didn't give them the data sheets or anything like that. I'd just tell them what they needed to get me back. And then they'd write me down, what do we need again? And yeah. I'd be like spending all my time answering emails of, what do you need again? What, yeah. Really, seriously, we just had this conversation like three days ago. Did you write nothing down? And then, well, I can't find it. So then I thought, okay, I'll get folders. I, so I did. I just, oh, oops, sorry. Um, I slipped. Um, I did this. So I got folders like this, you know, yeah. so this became the welcome packet. So I thought, okay, um, we will give you this so you can put everything in. And so hopefully it's on the corner of your table. You see it. It's something you can visually see. Okay. Yeah. And then it became where, then it became a whole welcome packet where I now start off things with in the, you know, in the beginning of it, et cetera. So we explain different aspects of, like I said, the whole thing of the that playbook um what causes fights and inheritance we want to talk about those things uh we want to you know so we go let's just real quick so what i encourage people is to get a sheet of paper and just write down if they have specific items to give to specific family members that they actually um, write that down so if it's if it's their son bill and it is a baseball card collection great write that down and then write down here's the key thing though is write down why is he getting that hmm it's the why that people don't know, and that's where they get frustrated, and that's where they get upset with other people. So, in other words, the only thing we really see that causes fights in inheritance is when two people are expecting the same thing, and one gets it, and one doesn't. And the person who doesn't get it doesn't know why they didn't get it, and they don't know why the person who got it got it. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to make up really bad reasons <laughs> why they got it. And yeah, they'll they come up with something, right? Oh, yeah, and they're brothers and brothers, sisters and sisters, yep. brothers and sisters, and then they start fighting over things. So I had a gun guy with a gun collection up north, said he hasn't talked to his brother in 12 years because dad gave him the gun collection and never told anyone. And blah, you know, it just blew up into something it didn't have to be. And literally, they have not talked in 12 years. So so you, you know, are you are solving with with your work, you're solving so many problems for people. I you know, dreams are largely launched to solve. Somebody sees a hole, somebody sees something that's not working right. And you, you build something, create something that solves that problem. And it's not, it's not just that the problem is that people don't have an estate, although that's a huge one, right? But there are other problems that you're well, trying to estate. solve. They don't have an estate plan. <laughs> they don't have an estate plan. Right. Um, you're also trying to solve a problem that people don't know that they have resources that they are going to be giving it at the end of their life. They sure. don't know what they can do. You educate them on that. You also solve the problem of family dynamics and relationships after the death of someone um, that you just described. What are some other problems that your work solves for people? Well, first, you know, just terminology. So that they become educated on just the whole process. I want them to so know what educated. they have. Yeah. Right. So I want them to know what they have and why they have it. Um, I had a, uh, a um, financial planner who was actually going to hire me. It didn't work out, but he was going to hire me to actually do like a one-page summary of people's trust that he, he people he works with, because they don't know what's in it. 
And I think that's wrong on so many levels. This is your trust or this is your will. You should be able to read it and know what's or what it is. You know, you it's, it's, yeah. I'm not saying it's not, some of it's not complicated, but it's possible to, you know, I, I've always prescribed anyways, you can tell because I taught 18 different subjects. If someone else could learn it, I can learn it. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's always been kind of my mentality mm-hmm. is if someone else can do it, I figure I could, you know, get, especially if there's a YouTube video on it, I can figure it out. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's, that's one of the big things is just getting the, you know, a lot of people don't know power of attorney is only for people who are alive, but incapacitated. So they can't make decisions on their own. So once a person dies, power of attorneys have no more power. I just dealt with a woman in uh, June whose mother passed away in April due to COVID. And um, she was her power of attorney. So she was paying all the bills, doing all that stuff that she needed to do for her mom. And after she passed away, she went in to close out the account for her bank account. And uh, and the woman said, well, why are you closing out? She said, well, my mom passed away. She said, sorry, you can't take the money. She says, well, I'm power of attorney. Yeah, but power of attorneys only while they're alive. Once they die, unless you're the executor or trustee of the will or trust, you have no more power. So it's those type of things that you want to educate them. The difference of guardians and trustees, you know, make mm-hmm. sure they understand that the guardianship is for where they're actually going to live. The trustee handles the custodial account for the children. How to spread out payments to the kids over a period of time. What's the difference of lump sum distribution versus uh, spreading some payments out? And how do you benefit your children, baby? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I have a contract with uh, a uh, school out in the bed in the bed at Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, some people have some pretty good coin out there and, you know, they're looking at like $9 million estates. Mm-hmm. And so, so one person comes in, I said, well, so what do you want to do? She goes, I, he goes, I just want to give it all to my daughter. I said, really? <laughs> I'm always kind of like, really? <laughs> all 9 million to your daughter? You, you don't have any like things of, and there's nobody out, the, out there in the world that might need some help. You know, there's yeah. only my daughter. That's it. You know, it's like, geez, that just drives me drives me somewhat nuts. Anyway, so it just, you ask questions, which I get a kick out of, you know, because I'm in that position where I'm just, people take my, if you want to use it, use it. If you don't want to use it, don't use it. It, It's Mm -hmm. not, you're not going to hurt my feelings at all. This is, I'm just educating on your possibilities. If you want to do it, do it. So anyway, it came out that basically the way we had set it up was, and we sometimes set things up before I actually know the total finance picture, uh, was that she would receive $2 million dollars at age 22, if he died before that time, mm-hmm. uh, $2 million at age 26, and $5 million at age 30. So $9 million in basically nine years. Mm-hmm. Not all at once. Right. But my question was, do you think she's going to work ever? Do you think she's going to do anything productive for society? And he goes, well, I don't know. I, you know, I, I go, okay, let me ask a couple questions. He goes, okay, go ahead. I says, so let me, first off, did you ever receive an inheritance? And he goes, no, I never did. I said, well, how are you doing? He goes, you know, almost a little smug. Oh, I guess pretty good. I'm, I'm worth $9 million. I yeah. said, oh, so if you got $2 million when you were 22, would you be in the position you are today? Hmm. You know what he said? And they always say the same thing? No way. No. And then here's the question that burns people. So why would you want to do that to your child? Wow. And now they realize that maybe what they thought was going to be helpful is not actually helpful. No, the idea of an inheritance is a safety net, not a hammock. Yeah. 
So this is. So when you talk about all the things we educate on, those are all things that we talk about. It depends on the family. Some families don't have much. It's easy. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, a lot of people's estate is in three things. That's it. Three things. It's in your equity in your home. It's in your life insurance policy. And it's in whatever retirement plan that you have. That's most people. Few people have some stocks and mutual funds outside of their retirement. And some people own a business. That's really the five things. And what happens, what happens uh, if you die and you don't have an estate plan? Where does, where does your money go? Well, a judge will make that determination then because it's, it's going to have to go through probate court then at that point. Yeah. And, and so then, someone outside of your family that has no really understanding of who you are will make a decision about what happens. Well, somewhat. He'll, he'll probably he'll nominate a executor of that should have been done ahead of time. Oh, okay. um, but there'll be, you know, the, but there will, he'll decide who the guardians are. The executor doesn't get to anymore. You know, if there's kids, um, there's no plan for special needs and there's no plan for any charity that happens at that point either. Yeah. Wow. So you, your dream of starting and going out on your own in 2015 is, I use this phrase a lot, fear will come, fear will stay move forward anyway, your dream must live. So when that educator at Wisconsin Lutheran said, I'm so glad you got fired or well, got okay, let go. Like, you got like let go. go. <laughs> you got let you get fired. I'm trying not sorry. To use the word fired. Sorry, I'm sorry, that's wrong. You like got let go. Wrong. I'm so glad that it's really a benefit to so many people that you got let go. Um, your dream matters. I mean, your dream is helping a lot of people and helping a lot of organizations that would otherwise not have the income coming in from their donors, from their estate plans that you have put into motion. Um, So I'm assuming that at some level, those mornings when you get up and go, oh my gosh, uh, this is so hard. Why am I doing this? It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm sure you've had days like that. Like, is this going to work? Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. It's got to be those people that you're helping that helps you move forward anyway. What keeps you moving forward anyway when you're frustrated? I'm trying. I'm not frustrated a lot. That's part of it. More because it's just, um, I feel, A, very blessed and thankful for what I do have and what's happening with it and the yep. people that's working with the people the doors that are opening up so i'm very appreciative of i mean when i think i felt like i worked a lot harder as a personal trainer than i'm doing now i mean even though i'm creating more things but i mean just the, the when you think about having to get up early doing all the you know the time for, you know i i sleep in till 7 30 8 o'clock i don't get up at six in the morning i i mm-hmm. went after i didn't have to do that anymore i made up my mind i wasn't going to anymore now i might work till 9 10 at night if i have to or do something that way but my schedule is completely mine and yeah. so i can create what i want to create if i want to take two days off to go do something with my wife i can go take two days off and go do something with my wife so um or the kids or if i the kids needs i you know my daughter was just she's in beirut lebanon i was going to go with her if it wasn't for um, the whole thing of being um, with COVID and uh, being quarantined, 
I would have taken her over to, she's working on her master's degree at, in the American School in Beirut. I would have went with her. And I have the freedom to do that, is I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, you know, I couldn't have done that as a teacher. Um, so when you think about um, work, mm, I, I don't consider what I do. It's, mm. they always, I know that old line is that, you know, do something you love and then it's not work. Yeah. I really enjoy what I do. I really enjoy, I don't like all the paperwork. Nobody, I don't know anybody that loves that part of it. And, and if I can find somebody eventually down the road that can take that part off me, I would be really happy with that. And that might happen, but I'm just saying, you know, the, the tedious part is, is like inputting data and stuff like that, that, you know, mm -hmm. if I can, that it might just need to find somebody to do that part so I can be creative and do other things. And, so right now we're working on a series of videos that we're given. So like how to do a playbook. I want to have, I've just got a green screen, have my logo here, and we're going to set up, you know, just little short videos on helping families out. What am I supposed to do with that playbook again? Here, click on this. You can, yeah. it's a short little tutorial on how to do it or, the, you know, specific gifts for specific family members. So it's not so much that I, I don't think, I can't think of too many times. It's more, uh, sometimes you feel overwhelmed that I would say happens more yeah. is that uh, all of a sudden, you know, seven people send you an email. I got my stuff done. Can we get, you know, keep moving. Like you took two months to get it to me. Now you're yeah, expecting now me to turn it around in, right. in 24 hours, you know? So I would guess there's more feelings occasionally of overwhelm and trying to pace this out than there is the idea of frustration. And I guess that yeah. could be a frustration. I don't know if that's really a frustration. That's more just, you know, the timing of it, you just got to be, you know, some days you just have to work no different than when I coached. Yeah. My gosh, we used to teach all day, get mm -hmm. into a bus, drive for 45 minutes. Then you had to sit through the freshman game, the JV game, and then your game. And then you drive home. It's freezing outside. You don't you get to, you know, break into your car again. And then you have to drive home. And then tomorrow you do it all, you know, maybe you don't have a game, but you have practice, but you have practice. You know, um, so no, I, this, <laughs> I, I, I'm on Zoom calls. I'm in shorts right now. You know, you don't see that part, but you yeah. know, I'm being full of disclosure. I'm in shorts. That's yeah. why I, when I deal with people, I have a polo on. I, I've, you know, it's so. So there's a benefit to pursuing a dream. Um, oh, building your own business, being independent. There are overwhelming moments and difficult things you got to learn. Um, but the blessings of it far outweigh the, the challenges of it is what I'm Well, I would say the biggest, so I feel really confident when I, when I sit down with an organization now that they're going to, you try to set it up so that they would look at this and go, oh, duh. I, yeah, we need to do this, you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's part of teaching. You know, it's no different than when I used to coach you or coached anyone, you know, you're trying to get it. So when people see the system that you're doing, they go, oh, that makes sense. That's going to work. And we need to buy into that and, and do that. So, you know, you, you do it in enough times. The, and here's my, if anybody's out there is listening, I would just say, listen for the excuses that people are making of why they don't want to work with you. Mm. And then figure out how to make that a positive. And in your next presentation, Make sure that that's addressed before they can address it. Yeah, and yeah. make it into why it's so important that they need to be doing this to cover. And that. you've learned that you've learned those excuses, you've learned those answers, right. you've adapted it, your presentations uh, and your your process 
by by moving forward sure you you, you didn't you didn't in 2015 sit down at some workshop and solve oh. all the problems no. no no you you just like the martian movie you figured out that problem to solve and then you move forward and you found another problem to solve and you move forward and you found another problem to solve and you kept doing that i think of the chinese proverb the way is made by walking in it yeah. you have made the way by walking in it not by sitting and thinking about it you took insight and you put it into action repeatedly over and over again and you're going to continue doing that well i'll give it to you real simple Everyone has learned this lesson at some point in their life when they were young. They forgot it. Let me explain it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. if there's nothing physically wrong with you, everyone walks. But when you first learned to walk, it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. It's like you just popped up and started running around the house. You ran into stuff, you fell down, you made it three steps, fell over, fell on your butt, fell on your face, you know, but you know what? After you cried maybe a few minutes, you got back up and you did it again. Mm -hmm. And you kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And no one coddled you to like say, oh no, just lay there. Because you're walking. Right. You need to walk. <laughs> right. Get back up. So I, I was going to write a book one time. I haven't done it yet, but I, I got the premise of it is just called get back up. Just get mm, back up. Just get back up. You know, and, and sometimes in the midst of all that getting back up, you, you know, it's, you're going to, you're going to hit with stuff and you're going to get, there's a great rock. I, I love the Rocky movies. I know that sounds like stupid, but there's a great one in there in Rocky five, I believe it is where he's talking to his son about said, no one's going to hit you as hard as life is. But it's the it's the, when you get the hit, you get back up. When you get the hit, get back up. That's what winning's about. Is when you get back up. Not that you okay, it didn't work out that time, so I quit. Really? Mm. What did you learn from why you didn't work, so that you can mm. improve it to get it where you can to get it to work? And you know, so this whole premise of what I was talking about is just using the idea of watch it a little. Watch a two-year-old, watch a one-and-a-half-year-old trying to move around. You learned that when you were a kid. You got that. You have all the skills you need to do to get back up because you are walking. And you still stumble and fall sometimes. You still get up and you fall, you know, and run into things. You still do that. And yet, you still get up and walk. Yeah. Why do you keep doing that if you keep falling, you know? Why would you do that to yourself? And and so, and then the other thing is, I, you know, is using that phrase is get back up is sometimes you need to get back up. Meaning a police officer goes upon a scene and he sees oh, something happening. Up. He needs backup. Mm. So sometimes when you're yeah. trying, you, you're struggling. Okay. Make sure you have a good couple of close friends that yeah. you can call on so you can get back up for to get back up. That's right. Invested partners that really believe in you that will hold you accountable We'll, we'll keep you moving. Right. That's awesome. Hey, Craig, um, thank you so much for being uh, a friend, um, coach in my life. And thank you for this uh, conversation today. We hope it really blesses some people to get back up, sure. keep moving forward with their dream and what they want to do to make and the I'm, world a better Just to throw place. out, I'm 61 years old. So I started this when I was 55. See, that's another huge lesson. Sometimes I think, oh, I'm 
too old to be doing this uh, or trying this new thing. I'm 54, you know, and you, you started this at 55. Your life here's isn't number, over at 55. Here's the number one respects, thing I would tell. In some respects, number. your life began at 55, putting all, all the experiences into practice for what you're supposed to be doing right now. And that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Here's, here's one thing that I would, it just drives me nuts. I hate hearing this. Well, it sucks getting old. Mm. Really? It's not my perspective. Yeah. I, you know, I don't really have that many more aches and pains than I did when I was in 20. I was in a car accident, so I have a bad back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do I wake up sometimes with a bad back? It's not because I'm now 61 that I have the bad back. It was happening when I was 23. Yeah. You know, so, um, Yes, can I not, do I not have that quick first step anymore when I play basketball? Okay, fine, I can live with that. But I'm just saying, I don't think that age is the criteria of whether you should do something or not. Hmm. So there may be somebody listening right now that their work life is done or it's, it's reached a conclusion and they're starting to think about retirement, but they have an idea, they have a dream. And maybe the second voice in their head is telling them, ah, it's too old to start that. Um, what you're saying is no. The only way you're not going to achieve it is for whatever excuse in your head that you're making up why you can't do it. Because I could name five people that did it regardless. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's a really good word. Hi, Hey, how can people get a hold of you? I'm, I'm sure there's people listening. They're like, I got to get my estate plan done. Well, I would encourage you to go talk to Craig because my wife and I did, and our congregation has hired Craig to help a whole bunch of people um, be able to have an estate plan. And he really listens and he's not selling you a product. He's not trying to, you know, funnel your money here or there. He really wants to help you decide what you want to do and what Amy and I discovered is there's a lot more we can do than we thought we could do. So um, if you want to reach Craig, Craig, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, probably email is the easiest way to do it. And that's okay. C Mellendorf. That's you can see if you can you see Craig Mellendorf on my yep. screen. Yep. So C Mellendorf. Correct. At SFC. So spouse family charity or single family charity estate coaching one word all one word.com that's awesome. probably the easiest way to get old man and that's also his website is sfc yes. check out the website those numbers that i mentioned i have to update those are the new ones i just haven't sent to the person who does the web page to get those updated but those are the numbers yeah well great uh, i would encourage you to check out craig um, and to let him help you get your estate plan in order and don't wait uh, or if you know an organization, you the younger could you start, the better, because you don't know right. what tomorrow's bringing. Right. Or if you know an organization that could benefit from this, a church, a school, a health organization, a whatever, you know, it doesn't make any difference. We can work with any nonprofit. Absolutely. Maybe you're in the financial planning uh, world as well. Uh, and you want to include Craig as a partner in your work of financial planning. Um Absolutely. Reach out to him. He's, sure. he's well worth uh, the time investment. It's been a blessing to our family. And uh, I would, I'm, I'm thankful too, that in 2015, you decided to, uh, to pursue this brother. So congratulations. Well, and 
here's to your ongoing success and effectiveness because I know your dream must live. It's going to help a lot of people. Jeff, I appreciate the time. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate us working together. I appreciate your tutelage on uh, certain aspects of the business. And I appreciate that tremendously. So I uh, would encourage people to also to um, get a hold of Jeff and help him. You know, he's, he's, he didn't write the book for any, for no reason. The book is there <laughs> to help people with their dreams. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a, the book's a great tool, but honestly, working with Jeff is a much better tool. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thanks for the time, brother. And you, uh, you have a great day. You too. Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all the show notes and links. And remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.